and welcome to my hearth. Now we're continuing with an introduction to the people from the village where I grew up as a little boy in Essex. I need to start this particular podcast with a caveat because remember I went to boarding school at 11 and really from that time I left the village. Unlike a lot of my contemporaries, I hadn't been there permanently anyway because of spending such a lot of time in the north of England with my family. But because Dad had his work and his office in London and later in Chelmsford, it was decided that I would go to primary school in Essex. My sister had already been there But because she was four and a half years older than me, we didn't overlap for very long. When you're that age, the gap between you and a younger sibling seems very big. A ten-year-old girl, who was very rough and tumble and tomboyish, didn't really want to deal with a slightly shyer younger brother, who was five. She had played a lot with me when I was younger and when I was at home I used to take part in some of her more harebrained schemes. More of that in another podcast. But once we went to school I was really on my own. For the first couple of years at primary school we lived very close to the school, so close that both my sister and I could go home for lunch. We moved to the much bigger house that my father had built when I was seven and from that point on uh, I couldn't get home and back in time for lunch. The school was very small, as you would imagine in a small village, and there was only one class in each year group. The teachers were extraordinary in that they managed to deal with such a a wide range of interests and abilities within the pupils. I was very bright and academic and we were as much a problem, the few of us that were at that level, as the people at the other end who had trouble learning to read. I can't remember when I learnt to read, but I think it must have been well before I went to school, or certainly I had an interest in books well before I went to school. Once I got to school, my interest went into an obsession with books. This obsession had come from my lovely mum. When she went to live with her own grandma in Braithwaite in Cumbria, the lady who took in lodgers and my mum helped with those, one of the main things they did was read books and they were both avid readers. My mum never stopped reading books and listening to plays on the radio. It was one of her great joys and delights. I joined her in this, and in fact, when I was first at primary school, I used to ask to go to bed early so I could read my latest book before I had to go to sleep. And this is where the first villager comes on the scene. And that is the extraordinary person of Mr. Long, who ran the village newsagents. 
For me, he was a fairy tale character, the smiling professor of many stories, who would look at you through his glasses and welcome you in to his precious shop. I must have been a complete nuisance because I used to stand in his shop looking at books for literally hours on a Saturday. I think it's true, but I don't know whether it's just that my mum told me that it happened at one particular time, that I'd got part way through a book and I told him before I left not to sell it because I was going to come back and read the other bit. Remember, we are in the late 50s, early 60s at this time, and it must have been extraordinary, because he, he could have sold me every book in his shop, but I'm sure I read the majority of them without actually purchasing them. If at times I was needed to be found from home, that was my mum's first port of call, and luckily it wasn't too far away. I'm sure someone will correct me on this, but I can't remember there being a library in our little village. We had to get what bargains we could from swaps in between our friends and also from jumble sales. But otherwise, all my life, people have bought me books as presents. Now, with the invention of modern technology, I listen to a lot of my books now uh, as talking books, and I thoroughly enjoy them. I always have a talking book on the go, and I get through very many of them in a year, certainly three or four a month. If any of you would like me to recommend a talking book for you, then let me know and I will do. Because, speaking with my other hat on, it's not just the book, it's the narrator that can add to the pleasure. Now, my sister worked for Mr Long because she was a paper girl for him. She had to get up really early in the morning to start her paper round and have it done in time for her to then go to school. This came about because she and my father had had a disagreement about shoes. He had taken her out to buy her a pair of shoes for school, and she insisted on getting something which was more fashionable than practical. And my father, in his usual way, said, I am never taking you out to buy a pair of shoes again. And of course, as he always stuck to his word, he didn't. Therefore, she had to earn money to treat herself to whatever particular footwear she wanted to indulge in. However, my dad being my dad, he always helped her get up in the morning. He was there with her when she was getting ready for her paper round. And I remember her coming up the stairs, really fitfully saying to my mother, will you please stop Dad reading bits out of the newspaper to me whilst I'm getting ready 
to go for my paper round. Dad was always really bright and cheerful, especially first thing in the morning, and the rest of the family understood that this was not normal behaviour and that one should really be in bed and have joyousness later in the day. So Mr Long provided employment for my sister and enjoyment for me. Why he never complained about my abusing his amazing stock of books, he just seemed to quite like me being there as a kind of advertisement for other young people to say, well, if you want a book, read it. At that particular time, there was a mixture of classic books, which I really loved, and they were hardback and had a dust jacket over the binding of the books. And I really, really liked those and started to collect them. Everything from the Coral Island to Black Beauty to Ivanhoe to whatever came out in those classic editions. The other end of the spectrum was paperbacks. And they tended to be things like Enid Blyton. And I have to say, I probably have read nearly all of them. I was already getting through probably three or four books a week. My mum didn't find this extraordinary, as she herself had done that when she was younger. And I really liked finding in various cupboards books that she had when she was younger and also various books that members of her family had won as prizes either for attendance at school or at Sunday school. And also at that time I got obsessed with various books and read them again and again. Whenever we were away from the Essex home I was always told off for trying to take too many books with me. As I got older, I wasn't so paranoid about running out of reading material because Keswick started to have quite a good library. It was interesting that my dad didn't get into reading books until he had semi-retired after he was 60 and he started to read Reader's Digest condensed books. Now I find these a bit frustrating because I like to read the whole book and in fact with my talking books I do tend to go for unexpurgated copies. Who knows what delights might be cut out if you don't listen to the entire novel. Chris, with whom I share my house, always says that I'm like the crocodile in Peter Pan because you always know where I am because you can hear the talking book moving about as I'm moving around. So Mr Long was the newsagent and remember at that particular time each shop had its own speciality. There was a great butcher called Mr Wortley and my mum bought huge quantities of food from him every week. This was very much the age of meat and two veg and of making things last and be used up because these people had lived through 
the privations of rationing in the war. People nowadays talk a lot about food waste. At that particular time, nothing was really wasted. I don't remember there being much throwing away of anything. One of the things at the time that was really different was that chicken was something special and a bit of a treat. Nowadays, it must be the cheapest way of getting meat. But 60 years ago, A, the chickens were much bigger. They were allowed to grow to their full capacity and therefore you got much more from them. But also, they were just more expensive. On the other hand, lamb, which is now incredibly expensive, was probably the cheapest meat. Admittedly, this is a time when people cooked very differently, and my mum would often get best end of neck little chops to make into stew, which we thoroughly enjoyed, and other forms of lamb. But you could also have a joint of lamb, and it would not be a second mortgage incident. So Mr Wortley was the butcher, and he was a very good old-fashioned butcher. And I went to school with his son Anthony, who was very good at sport. I can't remember there being a specific fishmonger in the village. And again, anyone can prove me wrong or give me more information about that. But I seem to remember that we bought our fish when we were in Lee, where obviously the fish was landed. Now I'll continue with the villagers in the next episode.